Rolling Stones magazine released an updated version of the top 500 albums of all time. A list like this was bound to spark controversy. So I'm here to give my opinion on how these albums stack up. I'm Gibbs, and welcome to the Rolling Review. What is up everybody? Gibbs here with number 484 on the Rolling Stones top 500 greatest albums of all time. It's Lady Gaga with Born This Way. Born This Way was released in May 23rd of 2011, recorded through 2010 and 2011. The genre is dance and pop. It was released on labels Streamline, ConLive, and Interscope. Producers include DJ White Shadow, DJ Snake, Fernando Garibay, Lady Gaga herself, Robert John Mutt Lang, Jeppy Lorson, Red One, and Clinton Sparks. I have a feeling that this album was recorded while she was on tour with her first album, as it has a lot of recording studios in a lot of different parts of the world, and it said that some of the recording sessions and mixing took place on the tour bus, and they also recorded in Abbey Road Studios in London, England, Studios 301 in Sydney, Australia, Sing Sing Studios in Melbourne, Australia, Gang Studios in Paris, France, Living Room Studios in Oslo, Norway, Allerton Studios in the UK, Warehouse Production Studio in Omaha, Nebraska, Studio at the Palms in Las Vegas, Nevada, Officine Mikanichi, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, in Milan, Italy, Miami Beach Recording Studios in Miami Beach, Florida, and Germano Studios in New York City. Born This Way featured five singles, the title track, Born This Way, Judas, The Edge of Glory, You and I, and Mary the Night. It also featured instrumentation from Brian May from Queen, and the late great Clarence Clemens, former member of E Street Band, who toured with Bruce Springsteen. This being very noticeable in the fact that she was inspired by Bruce Springsteen in the writing of this album, she would also come out and say that she was inspired by Madonna, Whitney Houston, Prince, Iron Maiden, Kiss, Queen, TLC, Pat Benatar, and En Vogue. They give her credit on this album for bridging different musical genres such as opera, heavy metal, rock and roll, Europop, electro-industrial, disco, and house, but honestly at the root of it, this is a dance and pop album with just a little bit of the other genres incorporated and whether it be her singing style being more operatic or adding in different guitars to maybe give it more rock, but at the core beat of it, most of the songs are dance and pop. The album cover features Lady Gaga kind of infused with a motorcycle, and there is some print that says Born This Way. Lady Gaga's name does not appear on the album cover, and just goes to show you how important an album cover is sometimes, as the cover was released before the music, and many critics didn't like the album right off the bat just because of the album artwork. They thought it was cheesy, and they said it didn't look like an album that could be album of the year. 
Born This Way is definitely an album that I remember releasing, and at the time I didn't realize what a big impact it was having, but looking back, this album became the anthem of a whole group of people. The LGBTQ group really adopted this Born This Way as their anthem because this album was very accepting of all kinds and it's the whole theme of the album is just acceptance and not being afraid to be who you are and you were born a certain way and don't be afraid to be that way and I just love that theme and it was very important to the time and still holds true to be very important as there's still battles being raised today about those same issues sadly and it's good to be reminded that people are born a certain way. You shouldn't be ashamed of who you are. You are who you are. Be proud. And I really enjoyed that theme of this album and think that that's why this album deserves to be on this list and has made such an impact. Born This Way was a huge commercial success, debuting at number one on the Billboard Top 200, having sold 1,108,000 copies during the first week, and that made it just the 17th album of all time to sell a million copies in one week. And she was breaking barriers for women, as she became just the fifth woman to sell 1 million copies in a week, after Whitney Houston, Britney Spears, Nora Jones, and Taylor Swift. This is definitely one of those albums that you start seeing the effects of the digital download take in effect of the sales because it's more widely available to everyone throughout the world. You don't have to try to get your hands on this physical copy. As 60% of Born This Way's first week total was accounted for by digital downloads. Now some people initially were a little upset over this number and figure of album sold because I guess at the time Amazon was selling this album for 99 cents which was taking a massive hit on it but obviously people are buying up this album like crazy because you can get it for a dollar which led to the Billboard institution creating a policy that would only include sales priced over 349 during an album's first four weeks. Regardless of the price of this album though it still blew up worldwide. Born This Way would go double platinum in Australia, platinum in Austria, platinum in Belgium, two times platinum in Brazil, four times platinum in Canada, two times platinum in Chile, platinum in Denmark, gold in Finland, two times platinum in France, platinum in Germany, gold in Hungary, two times platinum in Ireland, platinum in Italy, three times platinum in Japan, Platinum in Mexico, Platinum in New Zealand, Gold in Norway, Platinum in Poland, Four times Platinum in Russia, Gold in Spain, Platinum in Sweden, Platinum in Switzerland, Three times Platinum in the UK, and Four times Platinum in the United States. This thing sold like crazy. That is a lot of record sales. And for good reason. This was a really good album. Although most of this album centers around a dance and pop beat, she finds different ways 
to really show an impressive range as she sings songs in English, Spanish, French, and a little German. I mean, it's hard enough to speak that many different languages and then try singing in them. It was just really impressive to hear, and although I don't know the translations of some of it, it was just impressive and it fit the songs well, and I just really appreciated her ability to incorporate something like that. If I'm being honest, though, this album's not really the genre that I normally go to if I'm listening to something. So this is a little out of my realm, even though obviously it being so popular, I had heard songs from it before, I hadn't heard the whole album, and I enjoyed the majority of the album. There were some songs that left me scratching my head a little bit. Government Hooker was one, I thought that that was kind of a weird one, but I really enjoyed the overall theme of the Born This Way and how she calls back to it. No matter how kind of far out there she would get sometimes, she would always just bring it back to that self-acceptance. And I can't state enough how much I enjoyed that theme throughout this album, as you would get it, the title track, Born This Way, obviously. But then also on songs like Hair, where she talks about just wanting to be as free as her hair. And even on songs like Bad Kids, which is the song where it's just kind of this self-deprecating kind of kid who's just saying all these things wrong with him, but then, you know, still saying that there's good things in bad kids still, and you didn't have to feel down. It tackled things such as divorce, and a kid blaming himself for divorce, and it's just this good, uplifting song. She attacks everything on this album. She attacks LGBTQ rights. She attacks feminism. She attacks religion. I mean, there's no stone she left unturned during this. And it caught her a lot of flack from religious groups that did not appreciate this album and did not appreciate songs like Judas, where she would talk about being in love with Judas. Or a song like Bloody Mary that's obviously about Jesus' mom. And she calls out these religious figures by name. Mary Magdalene, Jesus, Judas. She calls all these religious figures out and names them. And this would really cause an uproar and some backlash towards her. But it was a brave step to take on a second album. As the second albums, you almost expect this kind of withdrawal because a lot of artists, they don't want to have that sophomore slump in their albums. And she really went for it all on this album, though. She didn't care. She stood up for what she believed in. She stood up for everyone and wanted them to know that it's okay to be you. So coming into this album, You and I was my favorite track. And it's still, probably still my favorite on the album, just because I'm a Brian May fan. I like that he did some work on that album, and on that track in particular. But there are so many other songs on this album that I appreciate now. And it's not even the title track, it's songs like Bad Kids, 
that was probably right up there tied with my favorite on the album. And I really liked The Edge of Glory, the song that closes out the album. I thought that that was a really good song as well. I didn't really have a least favorite on the album, as I honestly just find it hard to not like a song that's supposed to be uplifting and in support for a certain group or idea. As for how it stacks up against the other albums, me personally, as my personal taste, I like John Mayer and Harry Styles more, but I think for this list and the purpose of trying to go into this open-minded and judging this as fairly as possible, I have to leave this one where it is because it was such a success, sold so many copies, and it had a message that uplifted a generation of people and really gave certain people a voice. So the influence is there, the sales is there, the singles are there. I mean, she checks most of the boxes on my personal list of what I consider to be a great album. And although this isn't my taste in music, I can't deny the fact that it should rank where it's at. And maybe even higher. We'll see as time goes by. You can always let me know what you think by reaching me through email, therollingreview at yahoo.com, or searching me on Facebook at The Rolling Review, like the fan page, and you can also see I have a picture up there of the my updated version of this list. Next episode, I will be going over Muddy Waters' The Anthology, which is a Greatest Hits album, but we will still go through it, and if you listen to my Phil Spector album, you can probably guess where this one's going to end up, but we'll still break it down, go through it, get a brief history of it. I'll talk about what I think of Muddy Waters, and we'll move on from there. So until then, I'm Gibbs, this is The Rolling Review. Stay safe and be kind.